good to be here, isn't it? Uh, those testimonies done my heart good. And something, Isham said that they connect with, with church when they were younger, through kids' kids and kids' clubs. If you work with the kids, you have no idea the impact you make in kids' lives, which is with them years and years and years later. Continue. Don't give up. Don't lose heart. Keep investing into it, even though they're a pain in the neck, even though they're a fossil, which is a regular basis, I know. But they, what you put into them, lasts them. And they might drift and they might walk away, but you believe what God has started in them, he'll bring and he'll finish and he'll bring them back. It's good to be here. Just a couple of things. The honors night, encourage as many as possible. Come next week. It's going to be a great night. We believe uh, in honoring God and honoring people. Next week, and we have our six culture values of unity, honor, generosity, service, excellent celebration. Today's celebration. We are, we are, this is great, isn't it? We are, this is a day of celebration. Uh, I think I've got them all there. Maybe not. Excellence was in there. Okay, and next Saturday we're having an honors event. And if you think somebody portrays one of those culture values I had in last year, put their name down. We just want to celebrate people and honor people. We believe that we shouldn't wait to the dead and say nice things at the funeral. That's good and that's nice. But say it while they're alive. Respect, encourage, honor people while they're alive. While God's here. There's three guys today, and they're honoring God in their lives by getting baptized. That's honoring God. And the Bible says when you honor him, he'll honor you. And next weekend is an honor thing as well. And just to give you advance notice or advance warning, whatever way you want to call it, that next Sunday is, this is a, a baptism service. Next Sunday will include a dedication service, Chris and Emily. Give away, if you don't know Chris and Emily, that's Chris and Emily there. We come in sometime, and they want to honor God by dedicating their baby early. They got the gift that God has given them. They want to honor God by bringing her and getting her dedicated. Is and it's an honoring of God that God has given this gift. And we'll talk more about that next week. And it's fantastic. And that's honoring in the back of our Saturday night honoring service. That's an honoring principle on the Sunday morning. So that's going to be great. Here's the good news and bad news. Okay, I like finishing with good news, but this time, the good news is that Chris and Emily have invited some friends and family members that they know. And they told me today, 60 of them are coming. Okay. The bad news is you might not get your seat, okay? But however, don't go in a huff and don't not come because we want to say, we want to honor them as they honor God by letting them sit together as much as possible, okay? So you come and you have a great attitude next week when the stewards say you can't sit there, okay? And some of you will need to go up there, hey, okay? It's going to be exciting and you need to come early but listen it's going to be good and it's not just finished there okay i don't know what they thought when they said this but because an appreciation to god and thanksgiving what i'm saying this publicly now see there's no going back us what chris and emily have said that we would like to provide our canadian buffet lunch for the whole church after our service next week okay 
Okay, okay. Now you have a lot to live up to because Harry and Jeanette are doing a great buffet service on the Saturday night. Okay, so next weekend is a food weekend. Okay, but isn't that brilliant? Uh, it was maybe one of these things that sounded like a good idea at the time. But, uh, but no, their heart is so, we're so grateful and thankful to God and we want to do this. So hey, come uh, next week, let's honour them as they honour God and let's celebrate with them next weekend. It's going to be good, isn't it? It's going to be great. So we're going to have a great weekend next weekend. And this week is going to be great. There's a lot of stuff going on. I encourage you, if you've never been to a live group, please go to a live group. We all need to connect on a smaller basis on just a Sunday. And we're doing a great series from Louis Giglio called Goliath Must Fall. Okay, and it's a great series. And we're doing that over the, leading up to Easter. Easter is coming. So is Christmas, but that's another story. Okay, we're not quite there yet. And just before... Whether you've been liking the preaching or not, you're getting another one for a short time today. Just to give an update, we do appreciate as a family of prayers for Kathy and the family over and the kindness shown over the past few weeks. And just, Kathy is okay, just giving you an update. We went back to uh, see the consultant doctor this Friday. Uh, and, you know, she was diagnosed recently, for those who don't know, with breast cancer and done an operation. And... The doctor basically come back and says the biopsy they took just outside the breast was clear. Uh, so we are thankful to God and we praise God for that. Okay? We're so thankful and grateful to God for that. But, but believe in being sensible as well. And what they've said is just continue to pray. It says because it traveled a bit inside the breast, but it's not outside and we believe it's clear. And we can say, the doctor said, we can say technically you are cancer free at the moment. She says, however, there may be some rogue cells kicking about. Now, we're believing there's no rogue cells kicking about, but believe, but believing it's a cancer which can come back within a couple of years. They say, we're believing that's gone once for all. But it suggests that you do chemo just to kill the stuff and give you uh, a better chance. And we're believing God. Rovola Cromwell once said, again to battle, he said, put your trust in God, but keep your powder dry. It's like, do what you can and trust God to do what only he can. Okay, so we're thankful to God and we praise God and we rejoice in what God is doing. And we believe in, even as we go on a journey, and others have been a great example, and others in here are an incredible example who have come through that journey, and their, their testimony to the grace of God and the life of God, and we're looking up to you guys, and we say thank you for your example and for the blessing you are to us, and as we go on a journey, we're trusting and believing, hey God, you're in charge, and we're going on this journey, and we trust you and believe God, and we're believing that you're going to do something incredible and great in our lives and those round about us. So we really do appreciate We've never known it's incredible when bad stuff have the support of having been belonging to a local church and being part and connected church is just phenomenal. Uh, local church, by Paul Bible says, is a hope for the world. And I thank God it's just such an encouragement and blessing to be part of this church. You've been great. Your love has been so practically demonstrated and support. And we feel it in the prayers. And I encourage you, get plugged into a local church. Get plugged into church. It's God's plan for you. And there's a support and a network there when tough times comes that can help you and bring you through. Amen. And there's others. And it's not just about Jim and Kathy. It's about us all encouraging one another, helping one another, lifting one another. But we are so thankful. And we appreciate your ongoing prayers. Don't stop praying. We keep believing God and trusting God. Anyway, on to my preach, which will be a little... Shorter than normal. So for those who've been enjoying it, there'll be less enjoyment. For those who are enduring it, there'll be less endurance. Okay. 
That's a great song. Great words for that song, these guys. Living the third day, walk in resurrecting life. Started off with us. My scripture today is 1 Corinthians 15, just four verses from New Living Translation. It says, let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. You welcomed it then, and you still stand firm in it. It's good news that saved you if you continue to believe the message I told you, unless, of course, you believe something which is never true in the first place. I passed on to you what was important and what has also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture said. Can I finish it there? You've already heard that we're doing a series about scripture from scriptures, living on the third day, that phrase on the third day and what it means to us in principle and application, what it means to be living in the third day. We believe that we should be living in third day principles in our life. And all the other talks or preaches or sermons, whatever you want to call them, basically are really because of this one here. This is the focal point. This is the point the hub of it all. This is the centerpiece of it all, what we hear here, that on the third day is resurrection day. And it's appropriate we do this here when these three wonderful guys are getting baptized and demonstrating something of that resurrecting life. And Paul, really three things he says here, a few things he says, I'm reminding you, I need to remind you. He's writing to a group of Christians, a Christ followers in a place called Corinth, and if it starts all, this part of his letter says, let me remind you. And the reality is that human nature has not changed since Paul wrote this letter. And we all need reminded of things. Uh, maybe not all, but me, certainly, I need reminded from time to time of things that I forget. Husbands, the best way to remember your wife's birthday is to forget it once. Okay, so they tell me. Okay, I don't think that's true. I don't know. Okay. But let me just remind you that this Wednesday is Valentine's Day, okay? Just throw it out there. Okay, Paul says, we need to remind you, and if you read Paul's letters, he's always saying, we need to remind you of some things. When he wrote to Titus, it says, remind people to obey the rulers and the authority that's over them. When he wrote to Timothy, says, remind you, fan into flame the gift that was given when we laid hands on you. Even Peter says, and he was writing, Second Peter 1, we need to remind you, I want to remind you of the things that you're cleansed and not what you were. We need reminded of things on a regular basis. We all live busy lives and sometimes we just lose focus and forget the important things. But Paul says here, I want to remind you that it's good news. I want to remind you it's good news. We live in a world which is obsessed with bad news. The reality is the media is full of bad news and we can blame the media for the bad news. But the reality is they say it because human nature is drawn to it and they know that's what sells and that's what attracts people. We're drawn to bad news and the world is full of bad news. But Paul's saying here, I want to remind you that we have a good news story. We have a good news story. We have a news of a God who loves you. 
There's a God in heaven who loves you unconditionally. There's a God in heaven who's for you. There's a God who sent his son to die for you and take the punishment you deserve. You need to remind yourself, we have a good news story that we are cleansed before God, that we're forgiven, that the punishment has been paid for, that we can have a right access and standing before God. I need to remind you, Paul says, we've got a good news story. There's a God who cares about you. There's a God who cares about every aspect of your life. It gives you peace. It gives you joy. It gives you life. There's a God who offers hope and hopelessness in your life. There's not such a thing as hopelessness. There's a God. Good news. You might be in hopelessness. I want to tell you, there's good news today. There's a God who can fill you with hope. There's a God of hope. And I want to read this letter, which Annette gave me. It was like an answer to prayer. Well, she gave it to Margaret, a prayer. And just let me read this. Just to thank you all for so much for the faithful prayers. Doctors at Crosshouse Hospital declared no hope for my mom, Margaret Grant. Two days after having a massive stroke on the Saturday, they stopped her antibiotics, I believe that's what that is, on the Monday morning and said they would put her on a side ward and put drivers of morphine in and she would lie, and she would be gone in two or three days. The family said, no, we want mom put back in antibiotics to give her a chance of life because she'd been responded to some family and some records. And mom's paperwork did not record any response from the hospital, responses. But the hospital put them back on their base. They did a meeting with the doctor. They showed the brain scan and said the, brain, the fluid was receding. Away. Two days after, there was a doctor, lady doctor who's of a Muslim faith, came to mum's bedside and said, we are so pleased and amazed at the change in the brain scan within 24 hours. And it said, I know we've been praying. And she said, well, I believe your God has answered your prayers. And I believe as well, our God is awesome. And I'm reading that because we've got good news today. There is a God who speaks hope when others say there's no hope. When doctors say there's no hope, God says there's hope. When your teacher says there's no hope for you, God says there's hope for you. When your family say we've written you off, you've got no hope, you're hopeless, God says there's hope over your life. We have got good news today. There is not such a word as hopelessness in God's economy or God's vocabulary. With God, all things are possible. You see, listen, even on a, a bad day, we want to remind you, good news, you're right before God. And listen, he says, I want to tell you about the important things in life. I pass on to you what was important. This is what was important. Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures have said. What is important? He says, I'm passing on to you. You know, so often we get into a mess in life because we mix up what's important and what's not important. Okay, whether your football team wins a game of football is not really that important. Whether mine's does is very important, but that's another issue. Particularly today, we'll not go there. Whether you, <laughs> whether you win Super Bowl or whether you're not, I don't know if you watch. Wasn't it great to see a team who'd won Super Bowl honoring God? I don't know if you saw it, 
but they're all honoring God and thanking God. That's Callum's team, but that's what happens when you live with faith every day in your life. Okay, but in reality, it's not important. These are not the big issues of life, and we need to focus on what's important. And Paul says there's three things really important. First of all, this is important. Christ died for our sins. Christ died for our sins. That's one of the biggest, one of the big bricks, the big stones in life. He says, this is what's important. Christ died for our sins. And today there's three people, Amy, Cheryl, and Craig, are acknowledging Christ died for my sins. Christ died for our sins. And there's a sense we're identifying with that. In a few moments, we're going to baptize them and we'll put them under water, which is like a burial. The Bible says in Romans 6 and 4, you died and you were buried with Christ by baptism. In a sense, as we are symbolically, when they accepted Christ as a Savior, Christ came inside them, but they were, the old life was gone. It died with it. I mean, we're putting them under the water. It's symbolically saying you were buried with Christ. They're identifying, I'm a follower of Christ, and Christ died for my sins, and my old life has died as well. I identify with that death of Jesus Christ, that he died for my sins, and we'll put them under water. Point one is important. Christ died for our sins. Point two is important. He was raised from the dead on the third day. You know what? That is what is distinctive. Third day is what distinguishes Christianity from any other form of philosophy or religion. No other religion, no other philosophy, no other mode of life has got a third day principle that they can live by. They all live by a set of rules, and this person died, and this person taught us this. But only Christianity has got a third day, which says, Oh God, didn't you just die? Oh God rose from the dead to show that he was a master, he was a victor, he was a conqueror over death. It wasn't the end. And even though he's taught in life, he rose again, and he's still alive today. And he's the only religious leader, authority, prophet, Son, whatever you want to call him, only Christianity can acknowledge that we have a third day. And that's what distinguishes us. And that's why we talk the third day. Because a lot of people can talk about philosophies and rules and laws and religions. But no one other can talk about we have a principle of living in the third day. Because God rose, Jesus rose from the dead on the third day. Resurrection life is what we are about. He rose from the dead. And I read the first part of Romans there because these three guys are identifying with his death. But not only that, they're identifying with his resurrection as well. Because the second part of that verse is, And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. We are living new life. We are living resurrection life. We are living eternal life. And this is what we sometimes really need to get a hold of. They will come up out of the water, and it's symbolic of resurrection life. And we talk about, the Bible says, Paul says, the old has gone, the new has come. If any is in Christ, he's a new creature. The old has gone, i.e., it's gone. I.e., what comes out is not where it went in. What went in? What went in? Is that proper English? You can forgive me. I'm not going to mention my school because some of you get upset when I mention Cumberland Academy because you go there. Okay, but the reality is it's not just, it's symbolic what happens when we come to faith. But they go out, we're dying. But then when we come out, we are not the same. Now, it doesn't happen here 
it happens when we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. And they've all done that. But this is symbolic of what happens. We're buried. But when we come out, we are not the same. Because something has changed within us. There's a new life within us. There's a resurrection life within us. There's an eternal life within us. And listen, we're not just talking about everlasting life. Okay, you need to get this. It's not just, I'm going to live forever. But something changes. That to do in many ways with quantity of life. Everlasting life. But something about eternal life speaks not just about a quantity of life, but a quality of life. It's the life of God which comes in us. And when Christ comes into us, we have something of eternity within our hearts and within our lives. We have resurrection life. We have victory life. We have conquering life. We have God life living inside us. And the Bible says in Shadow quoted from Romans 8, which is appropriate here. If you're doing a Bible reading, just how am to be a reading today. What a coincidence that was. Not. Okay, but that's our readings. But Romans 8 says this. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, dwells or lies in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by His same Spirit living within you. You need to get this. God comes to live inside us. And when we symbolically bring them up out of the water, there's a resurrection life force that is in them. And it means even when a body dies, they are resurrected to new life in Christ. They will never die, but they'll live with a quality of God life living within them. And we don't live just, we're not just patched up. We're not just, we're trying to be a bit different. God comes to live inside us, and we live with resurrection life. And that's what Christianity is about. It's not about trying to turn over a new leaf or try to be better. It's about God coming to live inside us and say, I can change you from the inside you because I'm living within you. And I've got a resurrection, victorious, all-conquering life, which is now yours inside you. There's a great song from The Lion King 2 about Mustafa. Is it? What was he? What was he? His kid called? Simba. And there's a song that says, He lives in you. Now, I'm not saying the theology is right, okay? But our theology is. Okay, when we come alive in Christ, He lives in us. Just think, you have got the life of God living within you. That's resurrection life. And we live with that resurrection life. And the third important thing, which is according to the scriptures. The scriptures which spoke, it's amazing. The Psalm, if you mean them, Psalm 22 spoke of his death, 1668 spoke of his resurrection. Paul saying, we're indicating Christ rose from the dead. You know what? He told us way beforehand it was going to happen. And hold on to the word of God. It's important because the Bible says forever your word is settled in heaven. Your word is truth. Your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. Let my tongue sing about your word for all your commands are right. I put hope in your word. They're all in the Psalms because listen, we need to stand on the word of God. Today is a great experience for these three guys. I want to get baptized all over again. I mean, I love baptismal service. Honest, every time there's a baptismal service, I want to get baptized. They're great days. They're great experiences. They're awesome. They're magnificent. And the Bible says when you honor God, he honors you. They have been obedient to God's word. Jesus' last words, this is go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, them 
in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Guys, you need to go and baptize these folk. He says, teach them to obey all that I've commanded you. I teach them they need to get baptized. They need to follow me and be obedient in this. Teach them, cause it to happen. And the Bible says, when we honor God, he honors us. And these guys we trust will have an incredible day today. But the day will come and go. We've already had 41 days already this year. The good news is there's still 320 odd to go. But days will come and go. Experiences come and go. And it's great to have them. And while God smiles on today, is honored by today, he, he, he's heaven's rejoicing over what is happening. I want to tell you, and that's not just for these three, but for us all, but it's the word of God that will keep you. It's not the experience or the magic moment that you have, which are great and they're important to have these moments. But I want to tell you, it's the word of God that keeps you. It says according to the scriptures. Because what we do and what we do is based on the scriptures and we believe in the scripture. So when you're feeling the days, I don't feel forgiven. Because some days we feel forgiven and other days we might feel, I don't feel as if I'm forgiven. But the Bible says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Psalm 103 says, as far as the east is from the west, that's how far he has removed our transgressions, our sins away from him. He's removed them. They're away from us. They're not in our sphere anymore. They're not in our world anymore. Whether I feel it or not, he has removed them so that they're not anywhere because his word says it and his word is truth. It means when you don't feel as if you're loved, your Bible says, I've loved you with an everlasting love. I don't feel it, but he's gone to the scriptures, your love with an everlasting love. When you think nobody's accepting me as a person, the Bible says that we're accepted in the beloved. The word of God says we're accepted in the beloved. When you feel as if we're losing and things are not going our way, the Bible says that we are more than conquerors through him who loved us and gave himself for us. It's wonderful. When the Bible, when you feel as if I don't really feel like I'm a child of God anymore, I don't feel as if uh, God loves me and accepts me, the Bible says that now are we the sons of God. It says you are part of a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. That's what God's words. And what I'm telling you, don't go with just your experiences, and it's great to have them. Paul says experience are great. God died, Jesus died. He rose from the dead, but what's important, it's according to the scripture, and it's the word of God, which is life, it's life given, and Jesus was a manifestation of the word of God, and when he rose from the dead, there was a resurrection of the word of God, and his word comes alive in me, and when the devil throws this at me, and he throws the kitchen sink at me, I say, you know what, you can throw it, but there's a word of God living alive in me, there's a resurrection word that says, I am this, I am who God says I am, I am forgiven, I am the redeemed, I am more than a conqueror, I am loved, I am accepted i'm a child of god i am better i'm a victor i'm not what i used to be yeah there's work in progress but i am who i am because
because of the grace of God, because there's a resurrection life, and there's a word alive in me. God's word is alive in me, and I live in the resurrection of the word of God alive in me, because that word rose on the third day, and it's alive in me, and I'm not living there. I'm a new creature, and the word of God is alive and well, and whatever you say is a lie, and what the word of God says about me is the truth, and he says, I am a child of God. I am a victor. I am healed. I am a winner in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Anyways, we're finishing now. He says, you need to stand firm in his word. He says, you've been standing firm in the word that I told you. Still stand firm. The band are coming up as we go and get ready. Thessalonians 2, 15 says this, stand firm and hold fast to the teachings we pass on to you. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. This day will pass away, but the word of God is still alive and is strong today. This is a great day. This is a celebration day. This is an awesome day. It's an awesome day when three people decide, you know what? I want to declare to the world, I follow Jesus. I'm making a public declaration. And every, every one of them has an incredible challenge in their life. Honestly, if you listen to the testimonies and you know their stories, they've every one of them has a challenge. Amy, Amy, just to get up here was, was a win. Just, I want to tell you, for, for Amy, for Amy just to get up onto these steps is a win. It's a victory. For Amy come to church on a Sunday, it's a win. Because the enemy throws everything at her to stop her coming. But when she walks through the door, it's laughing in the enemy's face because there's a resurrection life in me. Okay. Craig, he was living in the street. He was homeless. He's away from God. And he was far away and he was homeless and didn't know what to do. And now he's back serving God in the diamonds. He's now alive, more alive than he's ever been. Honestly, he's been to places that I've never been to. I've never been homeless. I've never slept around. He's been in places I've not been. But he's met God and he's reconnected with a living God. He's alive in him. And so I've never had to lie in a hospital bed and say, who are going to save you or your child? <laughs> Horrendous. But she said, but I'm trusting God that both, we're both going to be all right. I've, they've been in places I've never been. They've experienced God in realms individually that we've never done. But you know what? They're declaring to the world, we are living in a resurrection life. We are living in third day resurrection, victory life. And we want to declare to the world, He is our Savior. He is our Lord. And we don't mind telling you. We've been in journeys. We're still in journeys. But today is the day where we declare, you know what? We're telling the world we belong to Him. And the old has gone. And we live in the resurrection life of the third day. Amen. If you don't know Jesus, this is your day to accept Jesus as your Savior. Don't leave without acknowledging Him. And come and speak to somebody who you came with. Or speak to us at the end. But we're going to go and get changed now. And we're going to come back and we're going to just publicly demonstrate. Signify in a symbolic way that there's resurrection life in Jesus. Because He rose from the dead. We live in that resurrection. And we're identifying with His dead, but we're identifying with His resurrection life. And that's where we're living today. God bless you. Father, we thank you for Amy, for Shell, for Craig. Lord, we thank you for evidence of new life and resurrection.